Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode we are continuing the Ramayana. It's one of the two epics in Indian mythology. The other being the Mahabharata, which we have also covered in some detail on the show. Today, we'll continue with Ram and Lakshman searching for Sita by first searching for Sugriv. But first, a quick summary of the story so far. Ram was the crown prince of Ayodhya and an avatar of Vishnu, the preserver of the universe. but he had to give up his title to his brother bharat because bharat's mom kaikai cast in on a couple of reckless promises that king dasharath had made to her it wasn't just losing the crown ram had to go away for 14 years but he did not go alone his wife sita and his brother lakshman went with him Bharat was completely in the dark about this arrangement. He only found out about it after Ram was forced out of Ayodhya. Bharat tried, but nothing, not even the passing of their father, Dasharath, could convince Ram to return. In a forest which was densely populated with all kinds of monsters, Ram, Lakshman and Sita still managed to lead a decent domestic life all of that changed when they encountered shurpanaka followed by her brothers khar and dushan a bit of an unpleasant situation arose amongst them which all ended in shurpanaka losing her ears and nose but her brothers losing their lives ravan the brother of shurpanaka and Karandushan who was also the ruler of Lanka and the mega villain of this epic took revenge by carrying off Sita when Ram and Lakshman were distracted the brothers looked around their empty hut but all they found was their vulture neighbor who died right after he was injured from having tried to stop Ravan they encountered a second monster who was really a good guy turned monster kaband asked the brothers to go seek out sugriv because sugriv could help them find sita and that's where we'll continue the story today ram and lakshman walked along the long road towards rishyamukha hill they walked in silence until suddenly Lakshman stopped in his tracks. "Good grief," he said. "Why? What happened?" asked Ram. "Not an expression of shock or annoyance at something," replied Lakshman. "I just literally realized what Sugriv means. It means 
good grief. Sue is good and grieve as in the verb for grief. Maybe you should have paid a little more attention in school, said Ram. Grieve means neck. Remember Haya grieve? You should. It's another avatar of you and me. Went back in Vishnu form. Besides, I don't like that expression. Good grief. It's an oxymoron. How can grief be good? There was no arguing with that. Especially if you didn't pay as much attention in school as your elder brother did. Doesn't matter what his name means, shrugged off Lakshman, even though he had been the one to bring it up in the first place. The more important question is, why should we go to Sugriv at all? Kaban said he would help us, replied Ram. And that's exactly why I think we should not go. Kabant was a Rakshas. Even if he claimed to be a Gandharv in his past life, he was a Rakshas now. Why should we trust him? That's a terrible remark to make, little brother. We shouldn't judge someone because of who they are. Judge them by what they do. Oh, that's easy then, replied Lakshman. Do you want me to judge him by his actions? How about his action of trying to eat us? Besides, we only have his own word that he was a Gandharv. What if this is all an elaborate plot to trick us? Maybe he's leading us straight to his hungry family. Sort of like ordering from DoorDash or Grubhub. Except we are the food. But Ram didn't believe that. He thought Kabant had been sincere. They decided to seek an independent opinion. And conveniently, the opportunity to seek said independent opinion popped right up. They stumbled on a large settlement. Several rishis were eagerly brushing off the welcome mat, which seemed rather strange, until one of them explained that they had had a heads-up that Ram was heading this way. They didn't know he was bringing along a guest, but he was welcome too. Lakshman's reaction to that was, well, let's just call it unfavorable. But Ram addressed them. Thank you all, kind people, but we can't possibly visit you all. I'm afraid we must disappoint most of you. We are going to visit... Shabri, over there. How do you know her name? asked Lakshman. It's printed on her mailbox. You see, Lakshman, but you do not observe. And why did you choose her? Her house looks poorer than most here. He asked Ram. For the answer to that, we must flashback. For several years... She served her guru, Matang. But then one day, when Matang was moving on to, shall we say, a higher plane of existence, Shabri asked him what she could do to be similarly elevated. He told her that one day, you and I would visit her, and that is the day she must wait for. 
She has waited for us for several years. Every day, she goes to the forest and plucks berries and fruits for us. Look, she has even made bowls using leaves. Every word Ram said was accurate. But it was more than just that. Every day, rain or shine, Shabri went through a whole routine, expecting them to arrive. The fact that they did not appear for several years did not in any way dampen her enthusiasm. She greeted them warmly, offered them berries, and in general, played the thoughtful host. However, Lakshman did not play the part of a thoughtful guest. He turned his nose up at the fact that each berry had been bitten into. Ew, gross, he said. Not the sort of remark that a host likes to hear. Especially if she has been thoughtful enough to taste each berry with the aim of picking only the sweet ones. You could have used a knife instead of biting into each one directly. And if you've been picking all these sweet berries, why didn't you just plant some in your yard? Then you need not have walked to the forest every day, and all the berries would have been naturally sweet. That's not how evolution works, replied Ram. You really should have paid attention in school. The same berry is first sour and then turns sweet. There is no selection of the sweetest happening here. But all that is besides the point. I am totally comfortable eating these berries, even if Shabri did bite into them. The fact that she did means that she really cares and wants nothing but the best for us. Lakshman was not convinced. But it didn't matter. Ram ignored him for a bit as he talked to Shabri. He revealed to her the nine-step project that could elevate her to a higher spiritual plane, like her guru. And elevation to a higher spiritual plane basically means reserving your spot in heaven. So after revealing to Shabri the path to heaven, Ram asked her for the path to Rushyamukh Hill. She was happy to direct him, but she had questions. Naturally. Why do you want to go there? Sita wasn't taken there, was she? Shabri asked. We were told that Sugriv could help us. Shabri stared for a while and said, Sugriv, are you sure you got the name right? Lakshman was almost grinning and looked at Ram with an I told you so expression. But then, Shabri added, I guess, if you go to him, you will be helped. He's got some good warners on his side. There's that expression again. Who or what exactly is a warner? Lakshman asked. Didn't Kabandh explain? asked Shabri. Oh well, there are two theories of what a warner is. The first one is that it simply means someone who lives in the forest. It's ancient India. Most people live in forests, remarked Lakshman. 
Second, Shabri continued, ignoring him. It might mean a monkey, complete with fur and a tail, able to leap tall buildings and swing from tree to tree. Like Tarzan? Or like the monkeys in the jungle book? asked Lakshman. Never mention that abominable movie, Shabri said with gritted teeth. Ever! She added, for good measure. I was talking about the original movie, not the live-action remake. You gotta admit, the songs were catchy. When both Shabri and Ram glared at him, Lakshman thought it might be best to drop the topic. Anyway, Sugriv is a vanar. He's had a falling out with his brother. Please, tell us more urged Ram. I don't remember the details, but the whole story was in the last couple of editions of the Dandak Mirror. She went in and came back with a couple of magazines. Ram took one. The cover showed two people with substantially more hair than the average ancient Indian gentleman. They also had tails. It wasn't clear if they were ornamental or real. The headlines, splashed in bright pink on the cover, said, Revealed the secrets and lies of the Warner Brothers. Some of the other stories included, Shocking, the Yeti owes me 30 rupees. And, Kaike confesses, an alien with a ray gun made me exile Ram. Ram asked cautiously, Are you sure this is good investigative journalism? Shabri nodded. The best you can expect in ancient India. They all read the story. It went like this. We bring our readers an exclusive scoop. Our readers have been eagerly waiting on any news of the Warner Brothers ever since it was reported that Vali became king of the Vanars after deposing his younger brother, Sugriv, who had previously taken over the reins of government. Our correspondent relays an eyewitness account of all that went on. Readers are doubtless familiar with the situation as of last year, when Vali ruled all Vanars in Kishkinda. Our reliable source reported that the trouble really started last year, right before Sugriv took control. Vali had been challenged to a fight by a passing Rakshas. Vali accepted and with Sugriv by his side, went to the venue chosen, a cave where the Rakshas was camping out. Vali went into the cave and asked Sugriv to wait outside. Our reliable source, who was hidden in the bushes, reported that not long after, demonic laughter could be heard from the cave, and blood trickled out. Sugriv hastily closed the mouth of the cave and headed back to the kingdom. Our readers are doubtless familiar with the subsequent mourning of Vali's presumed demise and Sugriv's crowning. All was well for a week. 
But then the boulder blocking the cave door flew open and Wally emerged. I got him pretty much right away, he told people, indicating the lifeless body of the Rakshas. But it took me a whole week just to move this boulder. Who put this here? When he reached the palace, he was angrier than ever. He had to walk the whole way. The chariot-slash-taxi driver explained why he was refusing to accept Wally's coins. Demonetization. Only the ones with Sugreev's face are acceptable. The Wali coins are no longer in circulation. Wali chased Sugreev out of the kingdom with a pitchfork. Sugreev got a little lucky though. He managed to reach Rushyamuk Hill just in time. Thanks to Matang Rishi's curse. Yes, the same Rishi who was the guru of one of our loyal subscribers. That's me. They're talking about me interjected Shabri. They continued reading. Matang had cursed Wali that he could not step on that hill. But that hasn't stopped Wali from harassing Sugriv. He's kept Sugriv's wife trapped in his palace. Our reliable source says that she cries daily for her husband. But Wali merely laughs off her request to go join Sugriv. Until recently, Wali was also regularly harassing Sugriv on the hill. Every day, he used to leap straight onto Sugriv's head and then jump off again, without actually setting foot on the hill itself. At this point, Lakshman interrupted their reading. That takes immense precision. Imagine jumping from your palace straight onto one person's head and then straight off of the hill. I think Wali's the guy we want on our side. The article continued. It's unknown why Wali stopped doing that. Maybe he just got tired of bothering Sugriv. Wali had doubtless bigger fish to fry. He has a superpower that allows him to drain away half of his opponent's strength and absorb it himself. And because of that, Wali has never lost a single fight. Strike two against Sugriv, muttered Lakshman. The very next line drew a sudden sharp reaction from both Ram and Lakshman. Our readers will remember that this superpower enabled Wali to defeat Ravan. After Ravan had wiped the arena floor with Sugriv. That settles it. It's Wali we want, said Lakshman. How can Sugriv help us? He's in a bit of a pickle himself. But Ram was adamant. No, we must go to Sugriv. And why is that, bro? Read the article. I'm pretty certain Sugriv meant to close the cave off when he knew perfectly well that Wali was still alive. The reason is clear, said Ram. Wali broke the rules of engagement. 
he has imprisoned sugreev's wife that is an unpardonable offense lakshman suddenly understood the pain of sita's loss and the fact that she was now imprisoned was clear to see in ram's eyes lakshman nodded all right sugreev it is let's go if we move now we can make it to rishyamukh by sunset they thanked shabri for her hospitality and began walking in the direction she had indicated i guess we are looking for a hill that looks like the face of a rishi maybe i don't remember my sanskrit very well problem is all of these hills look like a rishi's face here let's ask this gentleman said ram hello kind sir can you tell us where we can find sugreev the gentleman who was by the side of the road minding his own business looked up he had the appearance of a scholar and very sharp intelligent eyes you have been in the dandak forest i perceive were his first words to the pair how on earth did you know that exclaimed lakshman the right sole of your shoe has a brand of chewing gum stuck to it it's a brand that is only sold in the dandak forest the chewing gum manufacturers don't export but even if they did the gum would have changed color if it had been eaten and thrown somewhere else the wood you used to make one of your bows grows in a specific part of the dandak forest only and nowhere else but not both bows the other bow looks like it was made at mass scale by a weapons manufacturer specially catering to royal families so you've been in the dandak forest but you're not originally from there you were camping there the wear and tear of the bow tells me you've been there several years but the biggest clue of all was your i love dandak souvenir he said indicating a keychain that was hanging from lakshman's bow well now that you explain it it doesn't seem remarkable at all said lakshman anyway we asked you for directions and you went off in all kinds of directions we'll ask again we need to find sugreev do you know where he is the scholar looked at them at this point i'm pretty sure you're not spies for wali i don't think wali's the type to hire outside help i'll come clean i'm sugreev's minister we saw you coming from a distance and decided that it made sense to check you out up close and in disguise in disguise asked lakshman you don't seem to be in disguise you look like a perfectly normal human being and that is my disguise said sugreev's minister you know how clark kent is superman's disguise well this is mine with that the scholar transformed himself into a vanner
His body was covered in fur and he had a long tail. But his eyes were the same sharp and intelligent eyes they had seen on the scholar. Pleased to meet you, he said. I am Hanuman. That's where we'll leave it. Hanuman is going to play a crucial role in the rest of the epic, but we'll cover all of that in future episodes. Some notes on the show. Wali's superpower is an interesting one. It makes him invincible, practically. But only when Wali is aware of who or what he's fighting. Maybe it doesn't work against diseases or old age or a stab in the back. I'm sure you've guessed by now who it was who gave Wali the superpower. Yep, it was my dad, Brahma, the creator of the universe. Practically in every story of this podcast that Brahma has featured, he's given some ridiculous amount of power to an undeserving person. Take Ravan, for example. Ravan had incredible power as well, again granted by Brahma. In a clash between the two titans, Vali won, because naturally, he stole half of Ravan's powers. We've often seen video game characters with all kinds of superpowers. Hadouken from Street Fighter or Sonic the Hedgehog's super speed. Some other characters even teleport. But Vali's power could beat them all. Everything would have been fixed quickly if Vali had only used his powers for good. Some previous Ramayana episodes are linked in the show notes. Do check them out. Vali, especially, was character of the week in episode 21. That's all I have for this week. In the next episode, we'll do a folktale again. This one's from South India, and it features a girl raised by eagles and born, of all things, from a mango. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you next time.